Absolutely. I mean, we're spiritual people. We're grounded. We're connected with the earth like no other. And even when I'm on set, it doesn't matter if it's the janitor to the producers or directors. I am going to give everybody their due respect and treat everybody with love and kindness and show them that you want our people on your set. That was actor Marcus Lavoie, who is known in the Native community as Big Frank Yazzie from the Netflix series Chambers, and most recently as Nathan Goodleaf on the ABC show For Life. This episode was originally recorded as part of our Instagram Live series and has been edited for length and content for our Not Invisible community. In this episode, we discuss Native representation in film and television and the need for young Native voices to join the conversation and get involved in the media. Welcome to Not Invisible, Native Peoples on the Front Lines. I'm your host, Leandra Neffen. Marcus, welcome to my virtual couch. <laughs> and it's so great to have you here. So talk me through, how are you doing today? How is your spirit? How is your heart today? Good. I'm blessed. It's, I live in, obviously in Los Angeles and it's raining today. It's kind of a cloudy, rainy day. So I love those cloudy, rainy days. Can't have a sunny day. So I'm in good, I'm in a good place. Spirit as well. Oh, that's good. Well, to be fair, I think once you've lived in the UK, you yeah. <laughs> miss those sunny days. We probably have a lot of gray and rainy days, so I've missed the California sunshine. Indeed, indeed, it's beautiful. So let's go ahead and just kick this off with a couple of questions. I mean, I'm really curious because as a fellow native, how did you get involved with acting to begin with? What was, what's your story? What's your life journey? My background is I was in law enforcement down in San Diego and I was, I've always been a hard worker. I've always been a dedicated workaholic, so to speak. So I had a bunch of sick time on the books. I had a lot of time built up. So I was working on, on one of the sets down there. I think it was Stu Siegel Productions had a show way back in the day called Silk Stocking and then another one called Pensacola. And there were just some local TV shows. So I did a little background work there <clears throat> with, as law enforcement and um, had my car sitting out there just to do set security. And one day they just said, hey, you want to you know, do a scene? And I was like, who, me? I was like, yeah, sure. So got the bug right there, just fell in love with acting. So I got an agent. And then what I would do is I'd get auditions up in LA and I would call in sick the next day, drive all the way up in my little pickup truck to Los Angeles and I would find like a Thomas guy. Thomas guy is where you find the location on the grid map. They didn't have guests back then. And I would find the location in Los Angeles of wherever this audition was going to be. Say it was on Ventura Boulevard. So I'd sit out there in my truck. I'd find the location. I'd sleep in my truck, wake up the next morning, brush my teeth and clean up in a gas station. And then I'd go do the audition and drive back home again. And I did that for years. For oh, years. Wow. Oh, the tenacity. <laughs> there you know and finally i started booking sooner or later oh but it took a long time a lot of hard work yeah for sure a lot of persistence and determination there so in in all how long did you did it take really before you kind of started to get parts and really start to get into it 20 years no i'm kidding oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, i started getting a few things i got i started on soap opera so i was on young and the restless and i was kind of getting some bit parts and little speaking roles on those and that's how it kind of all started so i'd say maybe about two years of that, though. It took a long time. And then finally, I started booking roles, getting bigger and bigger roles. And then I finally just took the plunge and I resigned from law enforcement, moved up to Los Angeles, and I've been here ever since. 
Wow. That's one of those kind of fairy tale stories. A lot of people, they just head out to Hollywood and a lot of times don't make it. I mean, when you were kind of going through your career, I guess, what kind of challenges did you come across in terms, I mean, was there any issues around being native? Was it harder for you to find roles or tell me about that? What were the challenges that you had? Challenged both sides. I mean, I'm not full blood, obviously. And so it's, I, I can look a lot of different parts. I could play a yeah. white, play a Italian, I could play Hispanic, Native American. Obviously, I love playing Native American because I'm honoring our heritage and our people, and we need representation in, in Hollywood. We're the only race that is still just not really recognized, and I'm going to do everything in my power to change that. So it is an honor always to do roles that are Native-based, and that's my favorite. But the challenges have gone both ways. It's like, well, you don't look Native enough, or, you know, now you're some, you do look Native, and they want a white character. It's just, it's who knows what casting thinks and what their choices are based on. But I will say this. All we can do as actors is prepare. I'm always prepared when I step on set. I know that dialogue. I never have once read a line. I've always become the line. And that just means to prepare, prepare, prepare. And when you step on set, it doesn't matter what you look like. Are you prepared? And I think if we look at it that way as being professionals, then all the rest is out of our hands. There's really not much we can do about the rest, but we can prepare. Yeah, for sure. I think that probably is, is really relevant to a lot of professions in terms of being Native. And as people coming from marginalized backgrounds, sometimes it feels like you have to work twice as hard to achieve that sort of excellence sometimes, or even just to get a seat at the table. And I like that you're kind of really advocating for this representation, you yeah. know? that we're kind of coming in and saying, hey, we're here and we need, you're going to listen to what we have to say. Because I mean, we have a lot of talent. We're storytellers. We're naturally comedians. We have a lot of talent to, to offer. So I think that's really beautiful that you're kind of, you know, advocating for that. Absolutely. I mean, we're spiritual people. We're grounded. We're connected with the earth like no other. And even when I'm on set, it doesn't matter if it's the janitor to the producers or directors. I am going to give everybody their due respect and treat everybody with love and kindness and show them that you want our people on your set. We're gonna make the set better. We're gonna make the environment better because that's who we are. We're kind, loving people. And um, I always wanna advocate that too. It's not what you're always doing in front of the camera, but how are you like to be around on the set? Are you pleasant? Mm -hmm. Are you encouraging of others? So that's also part of the job to me too, is when I was filming Chambers out in Albuquerque, New Mexico, I would walk around and look at the, it was a huge set out there. I'm talking about, buildings after buildings after buildings and I'd walk around during the day and just kind of look in the little windows of the different areas and see all these workers building sets or the craft services or the food preparation people or the office tech and I would go around and just acknowledge everybody and ask her how their day was going and encourage them because the pressure on myself was my skill set has to be at the top notch because those people's families and their jobs are depending on my performance. I took that with a lot of honor. I gave it my best in everything I do because it's not only myself, it's others around that make the project successful. And I always want to be sure that I do my part for the success of the project. Yeah, that's actually really interesting because that's a part of, I guess, behind the scenes that we don't really think about. You know, we see this beautifully curated imagery on a film or a movie set, but we never sort of think about what happens behind the scene and the representation behind the scene that actually makes a huge difference. Hundreds of people with families depending on you. So it's like, I, I didn't take that lightly and uh, took it with a real honor. So yeah, it should be thought of. Those people work very hard, long hours and it's tireless work, but they do it because they have a passion for it and they love it just like I do. And we should all join together and make the best projects we can.
Yeah, for sure. And we've got quite a few Native projects coming up in terms of representation, reservation dogs, Resball. We've got all these kind of really nice comedies and plethora of, of variety in films and, and TV series. So in terms of that, what projects have you sort of worked on and what are you have you got any projects upcoming that we should kind of keep an eye out for? Well, I'll say this. COVID has dampered everything. It's taken a real hit, not only in the entertainment industry, but everywhere, as we all know. I don't need to preach that, but in regards to the industry, it's taken a hit and it's slowed things down quite. We're finally now back up and running. I think we're, we're definitely not even probably 50%, but we are, there are projects going. I'm in the running. I've been auditioning for some great stuff. So fingers crossed. And yeah, I'm hoping that we get back up and running again where we can just all start doing something we love. But I'll tell you a quick story about filming during the COVID was uh, when I was working on For Life on ABC's For Life out in New York. As an actor, we are creative people and it takes a lot to create an environment and make it real to yourself, not only to the to the viewers, but to yourself. Fictions were so tough. I mean, you're talking about directors in another room yelling direction and everybody in bubble suits and plastic and then you have masks on for rehearsals. And it's very hard to connect with somebody when you're, this is all you see. So to rehearse like that and then yell action, and then you just, you just start, you know, you have to go from there. It, it was difficult to connect and create. So it, it was, it's a challenge, but I'm so happy to see that we're, people are getting vaccinated, taking necessary steps to get back up running again. Yeah, absolutely. We got a lot of exciting things to come. I mean, I even heard a little story about you actually caught COVID during the middle of filming. I mean, do you feel yeah. comfortable talking about that and kind of sharing what that was like for you? It was again in New York and it was kind of at the, it was near Thanksgiving last year. It was kind of at the height of the, not really understanding it as well as we maybe do now. And, uh, life and they would take you every morning whether you're working or not they pick you up in a pass van take you to set test you and then bring you back to your hotel so this one day i wasn't working they brought me in and i came back i was sitting in my hotel room i got dressed and was going to go down and have like you know sandwich and beer and go watch a football game and they called me and said you have covid go back to your room immediately and start you know lockdown and i was kind of like well, what does that mean? What, you know, what, so I just sit and wait to get sick or what? And they're like, yeah, pretty much. We don't know enough about it. So just go back to your room and don't leave. It was frightening to be away from family with mm -hmm. the of, am I going to get sick? How sick? And really was entertaining. Am I ever going to get back to see my family? You know, thank God above. I didn't get even a sniffly nose. I was a, what they call asymptomatic. And I just mm -hmm. so, I'd, you know, the great spirit for protecting me and giving, getting me through that. But I really have a heart for those who've lost ones, who have people who are sick. This is no joke. And we are resilient people and we will see our way through it. But, you know, be careful out there, people. Be careful. People, you have family and other people who are depending on you. So take it seriously. Yeah, it's no joke. And when we think about, I mean, over here in, in the UK, we're just barely coming out of a, a lockdown. So it was just a really kind of scary time, but also highlighted really the impacts of climate change in terms of capitalism and how that has, you know, created these pandemics that, you know, I sadly are probably going to be a part of our future. But well wishes. I'm so glad that you're still with us and you're a strong warrior. You got that warrior in you that survives and thank goodness you were asymptomatic. But I wanted to kind of ask, I guess, about other natives who may want to get into acting or the film industry. What advice would you give them or what sort of wisdom can you impart on, on that? I'm encouraging every native actor out there to 
don't let any anything stand in your way. Like we need more of our people represented in the film and television industry. It is our time. We need to step up. We need to be tenacious. We need to have courage and strength and uh, don't back down. And it's just, it is a, it is a matter of numbers. It's a matter of just the more work you do, the better you're going to get. I, I encourage people to go get quality photography, get quality headshots. And, and the thing with a headshot is what people don't understand is it's not just a picture of your appearance, a photo, a good uh, headshot should represent your personality. So what I would suggest a headshot is do a scene that represents what you're feeling. So Get, write out some dialogue, do the dialogue, and then have the photographer take the picture. Now you're emotionally connected to that photograph, and it shows in the photograph. That's a good photograph. That shows your, not your appearance only, but your emotion behind the appearance. Now you have a great headshot. So that's the word there, and I would say every week do something for your craft. I go to the gym and I work out five, six days a week, and I get my body right, but I have to have my chops right too and the only way to do that is by putting scenes up so get actor friends together write out some scenes pull scenes off the web and run scenes together as actors get those chops get that muscle memory built up to where you know how to do scenes so where you experiment with it have fun with it create your make yourself create every week do something i would also suggest i don't really know what the restrictions are right now but get involved in acting classes even if they're online get involved with a theater if you can if you can have a theater that's up and running that is where the chops are when you're doing live there's no back to one it's it's you're out there in front of people and you got to finish your job so i love doing theater work and that really i think brought me to another level so i encourage that and you know just the main thing is don't mistake arrogance with confidence like arrogance is feeling that you're entitled or you're better than other people. Confidence is knowing who you are and whose you are and never giving up because you believe in your dreams. That's confidence. So I just encourage everybody to keep their confidence up. Um, Native actors, get out there and do things. Create your own projects. Write stuff. We're, like you said earlier, we're, we're storytellers. So tell stories. Write out. Sometimes I'll just get thoughts in my head and just write out a scene. You know, keep that muscle memory going. Create. Create, create, create. Yeah, oh, I love it. I mean, in terms of like just thinking about your background and stuff and, and staying grounded, how do you stay grounded? What keeps you grounded as you navigate Hollywood? And that can be a little bit toxic sometimes. I mean, I think just staying grounded to what your beliefs are. I'm a man of God. I have a strong family around me, supportive family. I steer away from, I don't want to get into that, but no drugs and alcohol. I mean, a couple yeah. of years now and then, but watch the things that are going to be destructive to your temple, to your body. I distance myself from kind of the negativity. I don't ignore it. I'll pay attention to it. But, you know, distance yourself from it. If you're around toxic people who aren't speaking life into you, it starts to bleed into your personality. Be around positive people who, as I say, speak life into you, who speak promise into you, who speak hope into you, who encourage you when you're down. Those are the people you need to bring around you and keep in your circle that encourage you and help you to press on. Wow. Those are some really powerful words. And I can really just hear your heart as you're speaking that, you know, these are words that you're, you're really living by and believe in. And it, it's so encouraging and inspiring. And we might want to think about the youth having this kind of way of thinking, because it can be really hard. I know when I was growing up on the reservation, we didn't have representation. We still don't to some extent. But it takes a lot to have that grit and determination to rise above that, particularly when you're seeing a lot of negativity around you. And I just love that you're kind of got that unlock and the wisdom of your years in terms of Hollywood and, and kind of navigating those spaces. 
it's really nice to hear that you're just you've kind of focused laser focused on on what you wanted and you've gone out there and got it and you're doing amazing you're smashing it so much so much left to do i feel like my journey's just begun truthfully i write scripts i'm currently working with my acting coach alex delerma he has funding together now we should be starting maybe filming early next year on a native based project where i will be the lead in called the eagle the owl and the sparrow and it's going to be a supernatural thriller with all native cast so that's what i'm talking about by creating getting out there and creating and not waiting for hollywood to come knock on your door you go after it you know create stuff write stuff get involved and like i said my passion is if you believe this is your calling don't let anybody tell you otherwise and you got to believe yourself or no one else will no one else is going to believe you if you don't walk in the room and have that confidence not arrogance there's a difference yeah that difference in terms of understanding your place but also you represent a, an energy that a lot of native people carry in terms of our spirituality in terms of the beliefs and cultural ways i know a lot of times my own relatives will will tell me you know be careful with your spirit when you're entering into the spaces because you're in the space where spirits get eaten so be careful you know a la john trudell who made those words famous so i completely understand where you're coming from so in terms of future what does the future look like for you in terms of native representation in film and media? I mean, my management, I'm with Authentic Management. They're amazing. I love them so much. They've just taken me in as family and they're getting me out on some great lead projects, uh, auditioning for great lead projects. I, I don't know for sure, but I'm guessing I'm one of their maybe few or only native talent. So I, I hold that in high regard too. Like every audition I do, I give them, I'm going to give them 110% because I'm representing only Marcus Lavoie, I'm representing my people. I'm representing a whole people that need and deserve recognition in this industry. So I take this job very seriously. I take every audition very seriously. I take every opportunity to represent not only myself, but my people very seriously. And I'm going to just continue to audition, write, create, and represent our people in the best way that I can. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're kind of hitting the nail on the head in terms of how a lot of Native people think. We're always thinking about the future generations. What path are we laying now, down now for our children, our descendants who come after us, that seventh generations ahead? What are we putting in place in terms of frameworks that create sustainability or create representation? And so I love that. What you're saying is, is really about we're not just doing this for us. It's that collectiveness that we come into. And, and that speaks a lot of a, a lot to our self-concept because we don't look at things individualistically. We look at things in terms of collectively. I really kind of want to know more about what you want to do next. What projects or what kind of things are you would you like to do next in terms of your your career? Well, okay, that's a great question too. I, I feel kind of like my trump card is I still take very good care of myself. I try to work out every day. So I love the concept of a Marvel movie or playing some kind of a tough guy so I can utilize all this work of all these years in the gym to pay off. I'd love to do something like that. But truth be told, it's my favorite roles are the roles that, just like we talked about earlier, that can show some vulnerability or show my heart. Whatever my exterior is, the best part of me is my heart. Being a man of God and having faith is my strong point. So when I can do a role and have this appearance with this tattoos and long hair and, and whatever, but to be able to show a vulnerability side or show my heart. Those are my favorite roles and life and 
Amherst were both examples of that. You know, it got to show uh, compassion and love and concern for others. I think that's been my greatest gift. So in terms of your compassion and this love, have you always been like that? Or was that something that you kind of developed over time or? I mean, again, I think that in my early years, I lived for myself. I was a selfish person. I kind of was trying to figure this thing out called life. And I, I really have um, gravitated towards self-gratification. I was kind of feeling my way out. I was separated from my father from an early age. So my mother raised me and I just kind of like became uh, self-absorbed and trying to figure this thing out called life. And then as I grew older, the greatest gift I ever learned is to be in service of others. I think that's what we're all for is others, is to is to live for others and bless others. Because if you start to think of a world where everybody's looking out for each other, what a better place it would be. And I know that sounds a little corny, but it's truly how I live my life. There's great satisfaction in living for others. If you live for yourself, you're out be empty and people walking around, well, I'm just depressed or sad or empty because that's because you're thinking about yourself all day. If you start to live for others and bless others, there's gratification and there's meaning in life. There's, that's, what, that's what the Bible teaches is, is about others. And I've tried to live my life that way. It's become much more gratifying. Yeah. And I think it also goes too into kind of the indigenous way of, of looking at things, the worldview, because we're very collectivist, aren't we? We, we yeah. almost, when you think traditionally how things were historically in the past for us, or even now, is sometimes people would give to the point of not having anything. That was considered a mark of honor. I mean, to, to be giving of yourself or to be giving of what you have in benefit of the community. And so this is very much in line with indigenous thought and, and philosophy and, and way of thinking as well. And so this is kind of really interesting in Hollywood. And, and as you're kind of auditioning, I mean, how do you manage? I mean, I'm just thinking of people who might be listening to this, you know, the younger generation or people coming up who want to be an actor or involved in Hollywood. How do you cope and, and deal with rejection or loss of parts or, or whatever? I mean, how do you personally, you know, move on and, and keep pushing forward? There's really no other job on earth like it. You're dealing with constant rejection and you have to have thick skin. And I really, truly, honestly believe for myself anyways, is that if you truly know in your heart and soul that this is what you're called to do, then don't let anyone or anything stand in the way, including yourself, because we'll put blocks in front of ourselves most of the time in life. We'll get, get tough, but everything worthwhile takes work it, everything worthwhile is there's there's struggle in it or everybody be doing it so i welcome the difficult part of this journey as when you do book something big and you get to create it's a celebration of life it's everything you've worked for everything you've trained for everything you've given up everything your family has suffered watching your journey and it should be celebrated and appreciated more so than it is i'm when i'm on set i will go around to the background and talk to all of them. I'll welcome them. I will talk to the, from the director to the janitor will get my respect because they're all deserved. And when you go around and try to create a warm environment, the projects are better. Everything benefits, you know, when everybody's in a good mood and feeling like they're part of a collective and they're part of the bigger picture, there's that's is born. When you're on a set and you've got all these people around you, what is that like? Is it exciting? Is it boring? I mean, what is it like behind the scenes? Oh, no, it's absolutely fantastic. It's it's what, like I said, what I've prepped for all these years. It's what I've, I've worked for. So for me, that's the culmination of years of, of service, of years of work, finally playing itself out. To be on set, there's no greater feeling for me in the world. And it's like, I often, people have said, would you ever give it up? And it, the analogy would be like telling 
Jimi Hendrix back in the day, take his guitar away. That's how I breathe. That's what I love. That's what who I am. And I will be doing this till the day the good Lord calls me home because it's what I love doing. So when I'm on a set, I try to do that positive energy to everybody. Well, I think that's all of our questions, Marcus. I'm so glad you got to join us. And I'm so glad to be a part of, we share the same companies that we're with and on the board of directors yeah. and uh, go Red House and on, you know, House on Fire Productions. I'm proud of those two parent companies and uh, we are going to do some great things together. This has been Not Invisible, Native Peoples on the Front Lines, a House on Fire production. Our producers are Spirit Buffalo and Ashley Robinson. The song for this episode is Another Side by Wild Whispers, produced by Ben Reno, Eli Love, and Megan Lee. Our editor is Abby Franz. I'm your host, Leandra Nethin. Until next time, Wangi Le Weep the Haunt.